0: Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of Digital Coffee Gamers Cafe, and I'm your host, Brett Deister, and this is what this week's episode is going to be all about. First, I'm going to be discussing Don Francisco's Columbia Suprema 100% coffee in the Keurig cups because Keurig is always the go-to for most people, so why not try that out see if it's actually as good as their Malian organic blend? Then I'm going to be discussing some gaming news that's been going on that's important to you. And then we're going to be getting in the most important thing, it seems like, for gaming. It's the whole Steam Epic Store. Is Steam really a monopoly, or is it just more dominant in this? How many other actual places sell video games? Does Epic need to compete with Steam, or is the market saturated? Also, we're going to be looking at numbers and stats to kind of prove if one side's right or the other, because a lot of times people are just really, really vocal about their opinion. Even if it's true or not, you never really know because the loudest usually wins sometimes or the one that insults you the most wins. So we are discussing that in a more mild manner. Look at the market, look at where some of the top gaming developers earn their money, Unfortunately, a lot of the data for Steam and the other places is hard to find, especially Steam, because it's a private company. But we'll still look at some of the numbers that have been found, that have been unearthed, and see if they are the quote-unquote monopoly of the digital distribution side of it. And then we'll look at how many competitors there are. So it's going to be a really good in-depth show, so buckle up or take your mug, because you don't need to buckle up, or you do if you're driving. But take your travel mug or your mug and let's get started with the show so here's the first thing the don francisco colombian 100 suprema i think it's what's called it's actually really good it's not as good as a malayan i think the malayans like the cream of the crop for them but this is actually really good for what they bring out it's still very smooth when i'm drinking it I actually didn't really notice it a couple days when I was just drinking it I'm like, oh, it's almost gone. That's when you know it's a good cup of coffee. When you're not noticing it a lot of times, you're just drinking it like it's water. But I would recommend this. I still highly recommend for the Don Francisco coffee, the Malayan organic blend, because it's just so much smoother, just so much better than this one. But this is still a really good choice. Now it depends on kind of your taste and everything, but I usually like to see if it's very low acidic because that usually means that people can drink it more often. They're not worried about kind of your stomach being upset. So that's why I focus on the acidity more than the flavor notes, because most of the time when you're doing drip, you'll taste some of the flavor notes, some of the chocolate, some of the wine, some of the other th- the flavor notes that coffee brings, but you really only get to taste that with pour overs. So I'm really focusing on drip and curate cups mostly on the acidity and if it tastes good, smooth going down and you have any problems with it. So I highly recommend this as an alternative to, if you can't find the Millennium Bren, it's a really great alternative and I highly recommend this. Now onto the gaming news. Now there's been a lot of controversy about Epic's gaming store and there's people on both sides arguing each other, but the one that's inserted their mouth the most, apparently, is Randy Pitchford. Now, he's the CEO of Gearbox, and Gearbox has made uh, a Band of Brothers-like game. I don't remember the name of it for some odd reason, but the biggest one they did was Borderlands. And Borderlands 3 is coming out relatively soon, and it's exclusive on Epic. And there was a firestorm, people were upset, and then I keep on seeing Randy go, like tweeting their customers saying, like, stop whining and complaining but he uses more colorful terms and it's just really insane because i'm looking at this going why are you insulting your own customer base and why are you why are you taking sides on this don't you want as many customers as you want but apparently he would rather piss off his own customer base because they want to play on what they want to play on and he keeps on saying epic is the future and blah 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 blah. and i keep on saying i tweet every once in a while saying or once saying you might want to reconsider this. You're not a future teller. Please, please contact a PR person because this is not going to go well. Reconsider insulting your own customer base. It's not helping that you're arguing with them and they have valid concerns or sometimes unvalid concerns. I mean, it depends on what they're actually trying to argue about what they want to game on or if Epic is trying to do the best they can do with the features being added because it's very feature light for a gaming store and if there's security issues along the way as well. That's been a lot of complaints, even though Todd Sweeney has said, no, we've done it. We've we've worked on all this stuff. And it's kind of like, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I mean, I can't tell because you are the CEO of Epic. and It's hard to tell. So I really wish developers would just calm down because you are trying to get consumers to buy your product. And if you piss them off, insult them, it's not really a great way of saying, here, please buy my product. It's kind of saying, please don't buy my product, and I'll even help you pirate it because I'm going to piss you off. I don't really understand both sides. I get both sides are very heated because we have nothing really better else to discuss sometimes in gaming, and this is the best one we got right now, so it keeps on coming up in the news. And this is why I decided to actually talk about kind of the competition, Steam, Epic, and all these other sites that you can actually buy games to kind of really, really dig into the economics, see if Steam is the monopoly everybody t- says it is, and that such. But Randy, please, for the love of God, stop doing this. Do not go on Twitter rants on an epic, like, 20-long Twitter rant. It just doesn't help anybody. Understand where these consumers are coming from and acknowledge that they may have valid points, but you would rather prefer to be on this platform. That's the best way of doing it instead of saying, well, if theoretically I would punch you in the face because you deserve it type of thing, that doesn't help anybody. You're not really helping anybody. You're just making yourself look worse, and you are the CEO of the company. Act like one. Anyways, I'm done with that, and moving on to a little bit nicer thing, It's Ubisoft is donating about 500,000 euros to rebuild Notre Dame. yes haven't been watching the news or reading it or listening to it because podcasts are viable, Notre Dame was on fire. And it was a sad thing because this cathedral, which is beautiful, by the way, has lasted two world wars, a slew of other catastrophes, and electrical fire burns it down. It's kind of a sad, like, oh, that's not very epic of a way of going. But on a good news is that Ubisoft, with You know, developing Assassin's Creed Unity, which was an okay game, but it wasn't the best. It was okay. Has decided that you know what, we want to help out because we have a connection to landmarks, and so I fully like this. I like what they're doing. Notre Dame should be saved. It's a historical landmark, especially for Western civilization in general. It's a great cathedral. It's a beautiful cathedral. So why not try to save a historical landmark, especially in Europe, since a lot of European stuff can be very old, more than America, depending on what you're really studying in America. But I like it. Good job on them. Sometimes you just got to praise gaming companies for what they do, and sometimes you got to berate them for what they don't do. This time, let's praise it. Good job, Ubisoft. Now, moving on to Division 2. Now, Division 2 has been out for a little while, and I highly recommend that you actually play it, especially if you love loot shooters or third-person shooters or kind of a more of immersive, better way of playing loot shooters than Destiny 2 or Anthem, for God's sakes. So I feel sorry for Anthem. Good idea. Bad execution. But they're going to be doing some updates, especially for PC performances. Problem is, is, a lot of NVIDIA users have complained about DX12 or DirectX 12 crashes. DirectX 12 is kind of more of an API for graphics cards to help make them look better on screen. There's a host of graphical upgrades from DirectX 11 to DirectX 12, just like DirectX 9 and DirectX 10, which was a huge boost. There's always been boost to it. Uh, there is a competitor called Vulkan. It's more of an open GL a type of API. So there's different APIs for different graphics uh, types of engines, and some of them work well with others. Usually DirectX 12 works a little bit better on NVIDIA, and Vulkan works better on AMD graphics cards. So there's that in general, but it's good to see that they're actually working on performance for PC because I did run into several bugs. weren't too bad, but they were enough where it was a little annoying when I just got knocked off a couple times. That was kind of annoying or just shutters and stops those weren't fun at all but it's good to see that it's good to see that they're going to be doing some tweaks on some of the crafting benches and also some of the skills they're going to be doing some tweaks there so it's exciting to see what they're doing i really think this is one of the best loot shooters of 2019 so far it completely beats anthem i'm sorry anthem i really wanted to like you but no one likes you right now because you're boring You gotta get more content. It's boring. Now, next is an interesting thing for Twitch. Do you actually love karaoke and singing and doing all the, you know, off-key stuff if you were not really a good voice for singing, but you still really like to sing? Well, Twitch has got a karaoke game for you. It was developed by the developer who made Guitar Hero and GarageBand, so it's going to actually be pretty good. It's got about over 2,000 songs that you can, you know, karaoke on on Twitch. So if you're looking for something new to actually do on Twitch, if you're a streamer, this might be an interesting thing. You can do it with friends, you get friends over, or you can try to do like a multi-stream with a couple people in different cameras and see which one has the better songs. Maybe do like a mock judging from like The Voice and or American Idol. I don't know, the sky's the limit, but it should be interesting just for people just to, you know, Find other ways of streaming stuff and kill some time if you need to kill some time or to show off your talent. Maybe this could be the new way of doing singing talent by karaoke. or not. I mean, i it, it's really up to you, but it's, it's interesting. Next, we're going to go to a galaxy far, far away. That's right. A new Star Wars game was just announced on the Star Wars Celebration event, and it is... Jedi Fallen Order. Now, this takes place between Episode 3 and 4, so the Jedi are all in disarray. Most of them have been killed off. You got Yoda and Obi-Wan kind of off in their own little hiding spots in different planets, and you have this young Jedi that is, as everybody has, Captain obviously pointed out, a white male. Now, there's some controversy about that, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about it's Star Wars, and it's a new game, and it's done by Respawn, who did Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Apex Legends. It should be really good. Also, EA has gone on record promising that there will be no microtransactions and loot boxes and it will just be a straight single player game, which is interesting because the other Star Wars game that they were developing was similar to that and they canceled that. So I'm wondering why this one's OK, but the other one was not OK, but we'll never know why we'll never see that game a day of light. It's unfortunate, but that's how it is. It could have actually been a terrible game as well, but we really don't know. But we have this game, at least we have something else than Battlefront 2 or the Battlefront series that DICE does because those are, they've been mediocre games. They've gotten better over time, but as a whole, the Battlefront series or franchise with DICE taking the helm has not been that great. Now moving on to Destiny 2 updates, which they've updated the Arc Strider subclass and the Hunter character Archeotype. And this one has, well, unintended consequences or results where basically it's doing more damage than it should. And it's really helping people in gambits kill the boss pretty quickly with the ultimates. So Bungie's like, yeah, we got it. We understand. We're looking into it, but have fun with it. So if you are a hunter, just use your arc strider and you will basically be owning a bunch of people with your ultimates and helping win gambits pretty easily and if you actually get other armor sets that actually amplify or multiply your damage is even more so (laughs) well you know Bungie I mean it's just funny sometimes because it's a great game or it was a great game after Forsaken but Destiny 2 has a long bumpy road it kind of was almost the anthem of 2018 but now Anthem took the place of that one with his debacle, so I don't really know. Loot shooters are a really hard thing, it seems, to develop for most developers right now. Even the ones that have already done loot shooters, it seems to be really hard to develop, so we'll see. I mean, it's just funny. It's unfortunate, but it's really funny that they would do something like this, and there would be unintended consequences for doing this, and they didn't really properly check or may have missed it in some capacity, but it's really funny. <laughs> and I do have a Hunter, so I might just go back in and be like, how bad is this? And just change it to be the ultimate, how bad is this? Oh, it's pretty bad. Anyways, if you're a Hunter, you play Hunter, you main Hunter, go ahead and do that because Budgie even admits it and he goes, we'll fix it sometime, probably next week. And now, Apex Legends is getting an update for a couple of the characters. Some of the characters were a little too easy to... As they say, kill, big hitboxes, easier to, you know, track, kill, because of the giant hitboxes, because they're bigger characters than most. And so Respawn's like, we're going to fix this. We're going to make their damage or their shield buffs a little bit better, so it's harder to kill them as easily. They're also changing around some of the weapons to better modify or nerf a little bit the weapons, because... Some of the energy weapons have not been as good as just regular bullet weapons, so they're looking around, changing it up. Now, have reports that Apex hasn't been doing as well, and it's kind of hemorrhaged a lot of its user base. But as gaming for these types of genres, or the Battle Royale gaming genre, I would rather prefer Apex Legends over Pudge and Fortnite in general. I do not really like playing Fortnite, not saying that you have to like playing Fortnite or you don't have to like playing Fortnite, it's up to you because it's all preference. That's your preference. I'm I'm fine with it. Like, go ahead and play Fortnite. I played it a couple times, I just didn't really like it. I was over it. But yeah, that's kind of the updates for it. So I'm glad to see that respawn is still doing something about it, and it may not be as popular when it first launched, but it's still popular enough to garner updates still gets a pretty moderate viewer base on Twitch I think it's around 30,000 right now viewers so it's not doing terribly it's just not doing as well as Fortnite with over a hundred K people watching it so there is a difference there but there you go I like the less popular game so sue me please don't because I, I need the money Anyways, moving on to Epic Gaming Store, actually. They actually have a new update on their store. Surprise, surprise, but they actually want to make it more secure. Now, there's been a lot of claims that Epic has had a lack security, that people have not actually signed up for an account, even though that someone's used their email account to sign up for an account. Other accounts have been hacked. Their information has been stolen. The data hasn't actually been you know, private or encrypted. And so it's easier to steal. There's been a lot of flurry going around it, but at least in this regard, I actually applaud Epic for doing it. So there's new security features for SMS two-factor authentication, even though it's really not the best anymore, and email verification for new accounts as well, which should be actually standard for email verifications for new accounts. But you know, Epic, let's just do the this stuff Last instead of this is should be the first thing that you guys do. This should actually been built in when you launched it, but at least it's here. Yay. Go epic for having something that's kind of standard in a lot of new programs that you didn't actually put in. Like this is basic stuff, but kudos to them for actually putting in more security. Now on to the main thing that I want to talk about for this week's episode is going to be about steam epic the rival the feud the feud that gamers are making about it the few that even the developers and the publishers are making about it and kind of like delving into are they really monopoly or are they just dominant in this industry because that's the real main thing that's the main crux of most people is saying exclusivity games or being exclusive on the epic gaming store it is great for competition and how Steam needs more competition and all that other fun stuff that people keep on talking about. And then seeing like what other sites are selling games, even if they're selling keys for games, they're still selling the games. And is there really any benefit to another competitor? That's kind of the main things that I want to talk about. But let's go into it. Is Steam a monopoly? Maybe. Maybe it's a monopoly, maybe it's not. It is very dominant in the gaming space. It kind of brought into fruition in 2002 with Half-Life 2. And, well, most people, even me, was not happy about it. The reason we weren't happy about it is because there was a lot of issues with it. There's a lot of issues with Half-Life 2 really wasn't uploading. You couldn't play the game. There was just a lot of bugs, a lot of issues. People are like, what is this thing? I don't want to use this thing. This thing is awful. Part of the reason was is it needed internet connection. Internet connections or even speeds weren't that great in 2002. They were slow because technology takes time, especially for internet to you know increase in speeds. And there was a lot of other issues, but that was one of the main things. It got better, speeds got better, Steam got better along the years, and it's one of the most dominant digital gaming platforms out there. Plus, with the Steam sales that. Happened throughout the years, it kind of became the de facto place for gamers to actually buy their games. And developers were willingly going to be doing this because it was a better cut than what they were getting from traditional retailers. Now, it's a 30% cut. However, Steam allows developers to get a key, sell it somewhere else, and then they don't take that 30% cut. So it's not always. A complete 30% cut, unlike what Epic is doing with theirs, where you can only buy from the Epic store, you can't buy from Green Man Gaming, you can't buy from any place else, and it's still a lower cut. But if you were to sell it somewhere else, you can get an even lower, lower cut or zero cut because Steam wouldn't take any cut out of it if it was sold not through Steam. So there are pros and cons to both of them, but this is how it usually ends up in Reddit forums and everywhere else. Usually we will get an argument and usually it will turn to insulting or I'll play it out like this this podcast on how it usually ends up. You son of a... I wish you go and die for a whole hole. And that usually is how it transpires for most of the time when you're doing online debates on, you know, Epic versus Steam. People are very entrenched in their own ideas. They think they're right. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. It's mostly that they're right and wrong at the same time, but in this day and age, you're just right because it's your opinion. But the person you're arguing with and vice versa, this is actually how they feel most of the time when they're arguing with somebody. It's kind of in their head. So I'm going to just demonstrate it for you right now. They kind of feel like this in a way, if you take a Unreal Tournament and when you actually get one of those headshots, if you haven't played Unreal it Tournament. It's 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 an older game, but it's really fun. But this is kind of how they feel when they bring out their argument on online and go, "Look at how great mine is." And this is kind of how they think when they've already posted. Headshot. Game over. You win. So that's kind of going on in their head a little bit. It's kind of a weird thing, but that's actually what happens is that it's just a rage fuel argument. They think they're winning, even though they may or may not be winning, but they're not really getting people to go. oh Yeah, I really agree with you. Thanks for telling me that I'm a five-year-old or 15 year old. And that I don't know what I'm talking about. I should go back to school or something like that in general. And it just becomes, it, it gets us nowhere because we're not really playing games. We're just arguing with each other and, we have our own opinions, valid or not, Their opinions. So, where, do, where does that leave us? It leaves us in very different camps, even though PC gaming has usually been one of the more less exclusive types of platforms out there. It was an open platform in some ways, and that was great about it. PC gaming, you could play mostly any of the games that came out. Well, except for those few years where every publisher developer was like, console gamings are the future, the future, yay, yay, look at us, we found the future. And then it realized that PC gaming is never going to die, at least in the foreseeable future. It may die eventually, but mobile gaming has to really do just as good or better than Desktop, And I still don't think desktops will go away anytime soon. So they're still very much a powerhouse in editing and creating content in that type of a way. But let's get into some of the facts about PC gaming and Steam in general and look at kind of more of the economics behind it and see if it actually is the near monopoly or the monopoly that a group of people is actually saying it apparently is. So first off in about 2017 now mind you i cannot find data on how much steam makes because they're a private company meaning they don't actually have to or they never will bring out what they actually make but in 2017 they estimated about 4.3 billion now transpose that into the gaming industry in general that makes 136 billion that's total that's going to be peripheral sales it's going to be console sales and pc gaming sales But if we actually look at 2018, when PC gaming made up 25% of the industry, which was $3.3 billion this year or in 2018, which was last year, it's not really looking like they are specifically uh, near Monopoly. They are very dominant, yes, but a Monopoly... (sighs) It's still not really quite that because even if you look at electronic arts financials and that digital net bookings or net sales or how much they made in the digital front was 3.538 billion last year. Can't do this year because this year's not over yet, and they still have still have to, you know, catch up with the rest of the months. But we can at least look at that breakdown and say that EA has made close to 4 billion and EA usually only releases their games especially all their new games on Origin exclusively there. You can now buy console games through the perspective of Xbox or PlayStation 4, but for PC you cannot buy their newer games on Steam. You can buy their older stuff, but the newer stuff exclusively on Steam. Now Steam could actually have gone a little bit higher since 2017 and probably made Probably closer to $5 billion, but $5 billion to, let's say, oh, I don't know, about $33 billion in sales. Or it looks like even a bigger breakdown would be about $28.6 billion in sales. So even that, even if we look at all the downloadable games and how much it makes, if we make that breakdown Steam, if it roughly does about five to six billion dollars in a fiscal year, that is not even half of the digital sales that is made through steam. So the whole point of saying that it actually is a near monopoly is at least from the economic standpoint, it's wrong. It's it's false. It's not even remotely true, because if you're a near Monopoly, about 80% of the sales should be going through Steam. But it doesn't, because we have a healthy, thriving industry right now. It's still going through its pains. And then if we actually look at Fortnite, what it made in 2018, which was $2.4 billion by itself through the Epic Gaming Store... It's not really looking like Steam has that near monopoly, all the dreaded developers and publishers are saying and how much it needs more. Then if we actually look at the breakdown of where you can actually buy the games, you can buy the games from B&H, from Best Buy, Fry's, Micro Center, Circuit City. Yes, they are still around. If you didn't know, just Google Circuit City. CompUSA, they're surprisingly still around, but online as well, you have that. You have Steam, obviously, Epic Gaming Store. You have Discord through the Nitro service subscription, Origin, which also has a subscription as well. You have Uplay, which does it, BattleNet, but they only really have a few games, and it's usually Blizzard or Activision games, and very few Activision games. You also have Humble Bumble, you also have itch.io. So there is a landscape out there. There is competition. Not, let's not forget Green Man Gaming and GOG and Kinguin and G2A or G2Play, which I wouldn't really recommend it, but it's still a way for you to actually buy the game. GameStop as well. You got options. You got several options When I was actually writing it down, there's over 20 places where you can actually buy video games. So the whole idea that Steam does not have competition at all is resoundingly false. Also, through the economics of what I could actually find for what the gaming industry actually makes. And it's roughly over $100 billion a year, mostly through usually streams of DLC and microtransaction, eSports games as well. And mobile, it actually does tie in mobile as well. It's still roughly a smaller fraction of what the whole gaming industry makes. Now, mind you, I usually say Monopoly is about 80% of the market. If Steam makes about five to six billion dollars in 2018 and roughly maybe six to seven billion dollars this year, it's still not going to be a majority or a monopoly that people make think it is. It's just a majority monopoly because that's where everybody goes to. It's where your mind goes to. That's where the consumer mind share goes to. So, in the mind share wise, yes, they have a monopoly. In the actual economics wise of it, they really don't, especially if we just take just a small fraction of it, or 25% of the market, which is 33 billion dollars or a little over 33 billion dollars, or we even do a more breakdown, it's about 28 billion dollars that still is not enough to actually make me think that this is a monopoly in general now I really can't find the breakdown for EA and Ubisoft and how much they make in Uplay and Origin so it's really hard to actually see where they're actually coming from or what they're actually making it but from what I can gather and what I can sift through even the global market in general. It's still not really Steam is 80% of the market share. It may be still, once again, I said 30% of the customer market share, and that's a little bit different because hearts and minds are just as important as the wallet because hearts and minds means repeated customers, and repeated customers are always a good thing because it's really hard to gain new customers, especially the more you have user bases the easier or the harder I should say is actually going to get to get more customers just as Facebook. They're having a hard time because they're the most dominant social network out there and it's causing a problem and people just are over Facebook as well. They have other myriads of problems, but my whole thing about the competition wise is that the more competition you have, the more niche you have to be. So if we have, like I said before, over 20 places to buy video games You're going to be segmenting your market or your customer base to who you think you can get, who you think your brand is going to fit in the most. There really can only be one dominant place to actually buy games and and to make one platform your home base for all your games. That's what most people want to do. They don't want to have multiple games. I completely understand that part. I completely understand the part of... More competition is better for consumers. Yes and no. I mean, there have been studies about it and sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. There is a sweet spot where if too much competition happens, nobody buys anything because they just don't know what to do with it. I've worked with a company that had probably over 150 products in one segment and I looked at it going, I don't know what to buy. If you ask a If you ask a consumer what to get or what's the best one they think to get and they look at a myriad of different products that almost look the same, they're going to be like, I don't know. I'll just go with what I know which usually ends up being one of their older products. And if you're afraid to kill your older products, which they were, then you actually segment your market even more because then your newer products can't actually compete with your older products because people know your older products and not your newer products. And it's the same thing with here. The more digital distribution sites we have, the more fragmented we become. And fragmentation means less of a revenue because you're going to have to convince the people that are already entrenched in one place to come over to your place, or you can do the EA route and you play route or Ubisoft, I should say, and make it more exclusive. You have to play it through their digital distribution site for some odd reason, because they want the bigger cut. I understand cuts are always big. You want the biggest cut you can get. It's business. I get it, but let's not kid ourselves when they're saying that we need more competition because there aren't enough competition on steam when, when, if you just look at where you can buy games, there's a plethora of places you could go to buy a game. It's kind of a disingenuous argument. It doesn't really make sense, but it's still an argument made. Now is Steam the de facto in pro consumer type of uh, they care more about the consumer than everybody else? Eh, probably not. But they have a better mantra than what epic is having and epic is usually having it's more pro developer they want to give the developer the option they want to do that which usually if we even look at the amazon model of take care of the customer first that's why amazon's successful they are well as i usually say dick to vendors i've been a vendor on that side and they are really big dicks to vendors which is completely fine because as the customer side of me really likes it because they actually care about me and they care about my needs being taken care of when I buy something on their platform. And that's what made him so successful because they said, take care of the customer first and the revenue will come. Even though technically Amazon actually hasn't made any money, even though they're doing really well in the stock market, they still have never actually made money. That's what most people don't understand. They actually haven't made money, but anyways, moving on, this is, This is the problem we're having. We're having two camps. One that's pro Steam. One that's pro Epic. One that's kind of in the middle going, I really don't care, guys. I just want to play my game. And... Here we go. We have one company, Epic, trying to just steal games away and saying, Hey, I gotta use our stuff. You want to get the most recent and cool game that we have from I mean, your kids? It almost sound like this like creepy like drug dealer trying to like get you hooked on their platform, and it's kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm okay, I'm just gonna go over here. I like this better. You're freaking me out. But that's where we're at, it was where. Instead of having consumer choice, which is, I can buy this game on what platform that I choose, Epic has already made the choice for us and is saying, well, we're helping gaming industry by doing better cuts for developers. Great. Like I am in favor of that type of competition. What most gamers have an issue with, and they're conflating with the security issue of, well, Tencent is taking your data, blah, blah, blah. We may never know that for sure. I mean, I'm kind of skeptical if they're actually really taking the data, too, but you can't confirm it in any way, shape, or form. It's back to the... I want to be able to choose where I buy my game type of thing. I want to be able to buy it. If I want to on Epic store, then I can go there and buy it. If I don't, then I can go somewhere else and buy it. But if you are taking away consumer choice, that's when consumers start to get a little upset about that saying, why are you taking this away from me? Like I've had this for a while. Nothing was wrong with this. Now you want to all of a sudden decide that you are the arbiter of choice. Yes. We have the better platform, even though it's actually not better because we're lacking the features that Steam has. But hey, we're new, guys, and Steam was the same way, oh, about 17 years ago. But look at us. We just made it. So we're kind of being like Steam, but not really like Steam because we shouldn't be making a product that was circa 2002. And you're kind of wondering, why is this a good place to buy this game? I'm not really quite sure. Better cuts? Fine. If you want to compete saying we got the better choice, fine. But you're gonna tell me, hey, you have to buy this game because we're making it exclusive and we have the better platform. Well, even if you don't agree with it, you still gotta buy the game here or you have to wait. And gamers are like, all right, well, I'm gonna save my money and wait. But that's my biggest problem is that there is choice. Let's not kid ourselves. If we're kidding ourselves and saying that there is no choice, then we're just kind of lying about it because we actually haven't done a competitive analysis because this market, especially for digital sales, is highly saturated now. It's not even like a little saturated. It's highly saturated. Before, it was a little. But when you have, like I said before, 20 plus places where you can buy games, you don't need that much more competition. Food for thought, maybe. But... Agree or disagree, I'd like to hear your guys' comments about this, what you feel. Even if you are pro-epic, I still want to hear it because, you know what? It's a conversation. We need to just keep on discussing and having conversations. It's better than, you know, insulting each other and thinking that we won. But anyways, that is the end of Gamers Cafe. I hope you guys Really enjoyed it. I'm trying to get a little bit more balanced or I say in the middle and in depth with reporting analysis and kind of using stats and data instead of just using feelings. Because I feel like we can get to a better answer with the data that we actually have available. If I can get it for free, because some of the data is really expensive. But anyways, please, it would greatly appreciate it if you download and subscribe to Digital Coffee at iTunes, Google. Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the places that you can find it. I am there. Please review it. Please give me some feedback. I would love to hear from you guys so I can help make this show better for you and for your friends. Also, I have a merch store where you can buy jackets, hoodies, t-shirts, and coffee mugs. And I'm always updating stuff and bringing new stuff in as much as I can with my creative mind. And also, please follow Digital Coffee on Twitch Mixer Digital underscore Coffee at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Digital Coffee with one E. And guys, please join me next week while I actually go through tips on how to get started on streaming and or podcasts and what types of equipment that I use and recommend. Because if you always want to get started, I'm always there to help you out. So tune in next week. And like I said before, always have that great cup of coffee ready for next week and the weekend to enjoy.